With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
gentlemen, my name is Sadistic Sean David. You are joining me live on the Evolution Radio Network. This is a Rampage production, an Evolution Radio Network exclusive. This is Rampage Rants, Monday Night Mayhem. I, once again, am Sadistic Sean David, bringing back the Evolution Radio Network proudly here tonight and the return of Rampage Rants. Um, Chaotic Katie, for those of you that are wondering, will be joining me within the next couple weeks as I do have some announcements to make tonight about where we are going to be going uh, moving forward. With that being said, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us here tonight. Uh, I I want to apologize. It has been a long time since I've been on the air. Um, A lot of you may or may not know Chaotic Katie has been dealing with some strenuous health problems. And uh, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I don't know that we will ever fully bounce back from us losing the Dean of Wrestling referee, Steve Kane, uh, but we're damn sure going to try. I am not giving up on this podcast. Um, And the reason that I am bringing this tonight is obviously everybody knows there was a pay-per-view over the weekend. I am going to give my analysis of that here tonight as well. Um, We're going to, we're going to have a lot of things to cover. Um, So we'll go ahead and start with our breaking news announcements, um, which I have here. Give me a second. All right, as I have stated, Rampage Rants Monday Night Mayhem is back, and it is going to become a staple. I am dedicating myself every Monday night right here on the Evolution Radio Network. We're going to bring you a live show every Monday night right before Monday Night Raw, which most of you know, um, for me, has been unbearable to watch. I don't know what has happened to the WWE. We will discuss that in just a little while, but... um, I thought that it was appropriate to bring this show tonight. Now, the game plan for uh, Wrestling Authority Radio at this time is all going to um, depend on availability of guests. It's, the, the timing may bounce around. I'm going to say to it, say it all to you like this. Um, there may be times we're on at 5 o'clock Central Standard Time. There may be times we're on at 7. It is just going to be really depending on the availability of the guests, and I don't know that that's going to um, come back every week right now. We're going to be working on it. So what I have slated is Thursday night, March 24th, Wrestling Authority Radio will be making its return with the stars of the Midwestern Wrestling Alliance, and I, I have some news about that as well. Let me go ahead and hop on the Facebook here, the book face. And uh, pull up that note for that proper announcement. I apologize for not being prepared. I have a laundry list of things going on today, and this just happens to be one one of them. All right, breaking news. The MWA is returning to Illinois. The Camelot Community Center, along with Cortland's Garage, Tavern and Grill, Decaf Digital, Pooch Brothers Productions, Top Shelf Breaks, Red Robin of Arlington Heights, Illinois, Gatsby Sports Pub and Pizza, Plants Construction, and the Evolution Radio Network, along with our, the rest of our fine sponsors, all proudly present a Midwestern Wrestling Alliance event. 
MWA Pro Wrestling Live, MWA Battle of the Midwest, benefiting Chicago Adaptive Sports. 50% of ticket sales and 100% of concession sales will be directly donated to Chicago Adaptive Sports. This event will be held Saturday night, March 26th at the Camelot Park Building located at 155 East Suffield Suffield Drive, Arlington Heights, Illinois. It'll be an all-ages friendly event. Doors open at 5.30 for VIP, 6 for general admission, and bell time is 7.30. I want to send a shout-out to somebody I will be bringing on momentarily, the mad conservative crime fighter who will be coming to film this event for myself and the NWA. Um, This is what we know. MWA Battle of the Midwest will feature the special guest, the drama king, Matt Raywolf. FKA former WWE superstar Aiden English. He will be making his MWA debut, and from what I'm being told, he's challenging for the MWA Heavyweight Championship. MWA has some events this weekend. Don't know who's going to be the defending champion um, when we go into Battle of the Midwest. Now, a lot of you are probably asking, Sean, you know, the last time we heard from you, you said that you weren't returning to the MWA. Um, I have smoothed things over with the MWA Board of Directors. I am making my return. Um, on this night, I will be celebrating my 20th year, which will be um, in April, in professional wrestling. This is a long milestone for me. Um, happy to be working with Aiden English. And we've got some other great matches signed for Battle of the Midwest. It's going to be a women's match, the debuting KO Kendra versus the debuting Vega Venom. Hotshot Danny Duggan will take on the Indian native Chief Atakula Kula. And then um, we're going to see the wild man from the Sudan, the Beast, Mr. Fitness 2, Levi McDaniel, Van Johnson, Tyler Bodine, Angel de la Mortez, just amazing, and uh, some other great wrestling stars that are going to be a part of this event. Seven matches signed in total. Your uh, event hosts are Seth Goldberg, who has kind of spearheaded this whole thing, and Ryan Bowers. Your voice of the evening will be Johnny Cadillac. If he is not able to make the event, I will be uh, filling in as the ring announcer. Your officials for the evening will be the debuting A.J. Hill, who has been going by another name, um, but um, he's been working down at PWA, and, and my uh, our caller here in a few minutes is going to be talking about him. And the MWA senior official, Bubbles Burr. Um, If you need more information about this event, please check my Facebook out. It is also on the Rampage Rants, Evolution Radio Network, and Wrestling Authority radio pages. Um, If you're in the Arlington Heights area and can come support this great event for an even greater cause, we greatly appreciate it. So that is um, kind of the breaking news. And at this time... I am going to bring on uh, somebody that has been a correspondent of ours going back for as long as I can remember doing this program starting in 2013. Ladies and gentlemen, he comes to us from Springfield, Illinois. He is the mad conservative crime fighter. Hey. Hello. What a last, what a bizarre few weeks. Yes, we're going to get into the, the controversy momentarily. As, as all of you know, um, even without Steve King, I live in controversy. If there's something in the wrestling business that I feel needs to be brought to the attention of an audience through this program, I am going to do it. 
and he was not able to use this last night, and he being CM Punk, pronouns, pal. Um, we are going to uh, play this, because this has kind of been um, where I've been. Hopefully, it's still on my soundboard. Boy, some of this stuff just may have disappeared. There we go. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. controversial things to happen in the land of professional wrestling, at least in my neck of the woods and, and crime fighters within the last couple of weeks. Tonight, we are going to be discussing some of them. Uh, the one thing that I want to start with is over the weekend, video circulated of a guy um, that evidently was a fan that I, I, I saw very brief moments of this video but basically, there was this guy that got booked on a wrestling show um, that Crime Fighter posted a video of, and it looked, it appeared to be in a bar, which I've, I've done my fair share of events over the last 20 years. I've been to plenty of events in bars. However, I don't, I, I'm going to let Crime Fighter kind of explain this, and then I'll elaborate on it. Uh, when I was talking about bizarre things happening in the last two weeks, I'm talking about the start of World War III in the world, but and then the gas prices going through the roof. Yeah, yeah, because, that's true too. And that's going to cause a uh, problem for the wrestling business as everybody's travel and overhead is going to be going way up, which yes. is going to be this is going to hurt, and it may affect attendance because people aren't going to be driving out to shows as much if it costs five bucks a gallon. That's correct, and and you know we thought the wrestling business was going to bounce back from the pandemic, and it did to an extent. But um, you are definitely right. The world going to World War Three and the soaring gas prices. Um, at the hands of, of Russia and, and the war going on with Ukraine, prices are on the rise. Um, I believe they said well, the national average. Bad. It's also a direct result of extremely bad policy from the Biden administration doing away with energy independence and kowtowing to the Green Energy Lobby and Greta Thornburg. Uh, yes, if, uh, we won't go all political here, but there there are definitely um, – it, usually the saying is it takes two to tango. In this case, the United States has a hand in this as well. 
Um, it's going to take three to have a three-way dance or four to have a four-way dance. However you want to trickle that down, the, the thing that's going to suck is we know that a lot of wrestlers, unless you're a big-time star, are driving. Um, gas yeah. at $5 a gallon, that, that ain't cutting it, okay? I, I, I'm going to be real with everybody. As an announcer, I don't make that big of a payday. Um, so for me to, number one, as an announcer, have to raise my price sucks, but I also have to accommodate myself for gas. If I have to drive two hours to an event, then I have to be compensated accordingly. And obviously, me traveling to an event that I'm booked on comes with those accommodations. Airfare is not traveling is also, further. Um, airfare is something that is also going to become a problem. I, um, I can tell everybody I'm not going to let the cat fully out of the bag, but I'm going to say some things here tonight. I originally was supposed to have an event launching a new promotion back in December. Um, it was supposed to be rescheduled for next weekend. Um, not going to say where, not going to give full details, but know that one of the individuals we were looking at booking for this event was going to require a flight, and that person's flight was going to cost $500 because what's happening with the airline industry right now is they are seeing a, a resurgence in people wanting to travel, and this will certainly happen. and and thrive more before the prices of airline tickets go up because of the cost of fuel it, that will be needed to fuel those jets. Um, $500 for a round trip flight for this person, I didn't see was worth it. Um, not going to say who it was, but um, basically what's going on is the airlines are seeing such a demand for seats that they don't have enough seats for everybody wanting to travel right now. Which is driving the and they don't have enough pilots or and they don't have enough pilots because they were um, firing people for not getting the vaccine, right? Which was idiotic and pre-fascist. It's becoming like this: if there's not seats available, if the price of rocket fuel goes up, which is what I'm going to call this here, you're going to see those prices climb even more. Okay, and this this was me booking this person's flight out. Because uh, Crime Fighter and I talked about this quite a few months ago, like before Christmas. It was still going to be $500 to fly this person in for next weekend where this event was going to be. Um, that becomes a little bit problematic. That, that can eat into a budget real fast. And with some of these promotions that depend on names all the time, for instance, if Dreamwave Wrestling were still operational right now, they would probably have to increase their ticket prices to be able to um, accommodate the, the increased price that the names are going to be charging, because I promise you that's going to be happening. People thought prices the names were bad now. Add this extra headache of, of transportation, prices I expect to go up. They usually go up the first of the year anyway. They're going to go up again. Um, well, here's one with, thing that you didn't count on. WWE releasing 200 wrestlers over the past couple of years. There's a lot of talent on the market. Granted, they're not going to draw like a <laughs> 80s, 90s star, but there's a lot of free agents out there. They're that not is gonna, probably not going to be charging as much because there's not the demand for them. But they got to pay their bills somehow, so they're going to have to take some lower paydays that they would have gotten if they were still with uh, WWE or AEW, for that matter. That is, 
that is correct. And everybody, we all know if you've been in wrestling as long as Crime Fighter and I have, um, everybody's prices is different. It depends on where they're coming from, how long they've been around, how long it's been since they've been on television, things of that nature. Some of these prices of names that I came across in dealing with trying to book some of these events, because there were supposed to be multiple events, just to let everybody know. Um, some of these prices astounded me and even astounded Crime Fighter that some of these people are making this amount of money. I can tell you when I started in the wrestling business almost 20 years ago in, in 2002, for some of these people to get 1500 bucks, you looked at the promoter like they were crazy. Now, some of these names are getting upwards of 4500 or more, and some of them, for that kind of money, are not wrestling. Um, do I see value Given in that? In 5000 <laughs> Right. Um, do I see value in somebody coming in and doing a signing? Yes. However, I also see, from an investor's standpoint, that if we're spending that amount of money on a name and they're not doing anything in the ring – are we really getting all of our money's worth? Now, I'm not saying that a name won't draw for a signing. What I'm saying is it becomes a tit for tat. If I can spend 4000 and get somebody that will get in the ring versus 5000 for somebody to sit on their ass, what do you think I'm going to do? But it also comes down to um, numbers and, and, and schematics, things of that nature. The typical rule of thumb that I've always used um, in the wrestling business was taught to me very early on. Actually, got this formula from Tim Lyle. You take the price of a name and you divide it. So let's say the name is fifteen hundred dollars. You divide that by ten. That means that in order to break even on a name that's fifteen hundred dollars at ten dollars a ticket, you need one hundred and fifty people to walk through the door to break even on that name. Now, we know that th those prices were set in 2002, and we are in 2022, and prices have changed. However, that's the typical rule of thumb. So, like Crimey was saying, 5000 for Kevin Nash. You need 500 people at $10 a head to break even on Nash. Otherwise, you're not breaking even. Um, it's numbers. It's 20. Right. Then you only need 250 but it's a numbers thing. And some of these names think their value is so much, and I've, I've, I've had a problem with this for a long time, um, just because you're think, you think that you, you're worth that much or another promoter thinks you're worth that much doesn't mean I do. Some of these guys, like I said, are getting outrageous amounts of money, and it blows my mind. It really does because I've always been a promoter, crime fighter will tell you, um, when I get a, a, a price from a guy or a girl, I'm going to try to come down from that a little bit. I'm not going to lowball them, but if Crime Fighter comes to me and says, so-and-so will work for you for 80 bucks, great, see if they'll take 60. And usually it's a meet in the middle at 70. Because you ha as a promoter, you have to be, have that hard line with talent to get them to negotiate. Some of these promoters, Tony Khan is a prime example of this, and we'll talk more about him later on. You don't take the first thing that people give you. It's like when you go shopping for a car, do you buy the first car you see on the lot or do you do a little bit of research? Do you try to find a better deal? That's what promoters have to do here. Um, so with that being said, we're going to go to our topic that we were talking about. There was this guy, where did this show even happen at, at this bar? Okay. So this was in Michigan for a promotion called for us wrestling. Okay. They pronounce it. FU wrestling, but that's of course. The F and U stands for for us. 
Right. Uh, he was not booked on the show. He basically showed up and dressed, went into the locker room and dressed up, and apparently nobody um, kind of figured out if who he was with or who he was until, I guess, showtime. <coughs> we had this little, I don't know, you could call him a welterweight-sized guy or maybe a James Elworth wannabe. He also he um, had rip hair ties that said Fatimer on the back. He had knee pads. He had what looks like to be boots or or something or wrestling shoes with a uh, shin pads. Basically, got in the ring and uh, they're trying to figure out who this clown was. Now they didn't think he was a trained wrestler, but they decided to give him a chance and just had him cut an in-ring promo. Finally, the ring announcer just basically said, who the F are you? And the crowd started chanting along and uh, said, oh, you're killing my heat. You're killing my heat. Like, Finally, he just uh, called out is, you're not a trained wrestler. Get out of our ring. Get out of our building. And he had to get out of there because I think Congo Kong came out. And he's going to get slaughtered. I mean, get two choices, get nuclear heat and become a star or run away. Well, he decided to run away. He basically, all he was allowed to do was get his coat and his bag and get out of the building. And that was it. And And he went viral in the process. Um, Okay, so I'm going to dissect this here a little bit. Who in their right mind would have let that guy in their locker room if they knew he was not trained? Somebody, this, this is a problem that I see typically um, not just with promotions that I've worked for in the last couple of years, but in general. When you, have, when you have a promotion, you should have a team of at least 10 guys. You can have some chicks in there too if they're butch. And that's not a knock at lesbians. That's just to say you need at least 10 to 12 that are going to be at every event that you're going to run. And here's why. You're going to have one of your security guards that's going to be at the, the entrance of that locker room. And guess what? If we don't know who the hell you are, you're not getting in. Steve Kane taught me this very, very early on because we had had some things happen at one point. Um, that's rule one. Rule two is I, under any circumstances, and Crime Fighter knows how anal I am when it comes to this, I don't let kids in my ring um, at one of my events. I don't allow it. It is a huge, huge insurance risk that had to be pointed out to me over time because, okay, uh, for instance, when Tim Lyle ran in, uh, the Prue Mall, I believe, in 1997 or 1998, That was the first time I ever stepped in a wrestling ring. I came off the second rope and landed on my butt. Now, that's fine. However, if I would have gotten hurt, especially during that time period, because there was the commission, Tim Lyle would have been up shit creek without a paddle. That is why some promotions allow it, some don't. If they're smart, if they look at it from a business perspective, 
and look at the risk involved. If a, if a kid gets in the ring wrong and trips or something happens, it's it's a huge doorway for a liability lawsuit, and you don't want that. Um, I would have never allowed him in the ring. That that also comes with okay. If he would have snuck into the ring, then it becomes a situation with whoever my announcer is. Which I'm going to be real. Um, I I had the blessing that I was trained as a wrestler before I started announcing, which means if somebody enters the ring, I know how to handle it. Some of these announcers, because we've seen Justin Roberts handle a few situations on AEW and and a couple others. But some of these guys are not trained to handle that. They, they, some of these promotions, and, and Crime Fighter, I know you've seen this in, in your time doing this, um, will either put a ref shirt on anybody that's not trained right or whoever will come dressed up to do announcing. That doesn't mean that they know how to handle that situation because it's a common rule of thumb. A promotion that I worked for when I was announcing, um, we announced the rules of the event. Rule one was don't touch us and we won't touch you. If that rule got broken, were you, um, we didn't have guardrails, but we had security tape. If you entered over the tape or entered that ring, you were screwed. We know um, you can go back and find the video of triple. I, I think it was triple H and Steve Austin. I know triple H was in this way back in like 97, 98, somebody jumped in the ring and they beat the crap out of him. You have to do that. Because some of these people think that that's okay. I blame this promotion. I don't know who the promoter is. I don't know who the booker is. I don't care. Um, I also have the feeling that if this was allowed to happen without any real big blowback and did gain the viralness through the internet that it did, that this may have been a setup between the promotion and this individual. But I would have never allowed such a thing. But that comes with me doing this setup. Uh, go ahead. You can continue. I'll give you the floor now. Sorry. It wasn't <laughs> set up. Um, they did the announcer posted a lengthy explanation of how this happened and how this guy, I guess, fooled some people, making them think he was with somebody else that uh, was booked on the show. And they uh, handled it as best they could because he was already there, but they were. So they kind of conjured a plan, gotcha. but they kicked him out and completely humiliated and embarrassed. And he's brought. And apparently, this is not the first time that this clown has tried this. Reportedly, right. I know that there were other promotions that what this went viral that had outed him for trying to do the same thing. And you know, this this is this is all everything wrong with wrestling in 2022. We have some other news that we're going to get to now that is also going to be on tonight's shit list that I am going to let Crime Fighter handle um, right now. This happened, I believe the event was PWE down in Alton over the weekend. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, Crime Fighter, the floor is. Yeah, you already played the music, so I just for that to kick in again, but no. <laughs> um, well, I'll just read what's on what I wrote and posted. Um, this occurred in Alton where an individual by the name of James Jordan, who calls himself a certified hustler, supposedly is a host of a podcast, which is called Certified Wrestling. I have de him, by the way. 
Um, if you don't, I, I revoke his certification right here tonight. And if he's got anything to learn about podcasting, I hope you're listening to this program, sir, because you'll learn a lot. Continue. Well, he's not even using a podcast. He's just using YouTube and just yammering in front of a camera. Anyway. Anybody Hopefully, can do that. It takes true talent to do this. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'll get to my to my show in a bit, but this is not going to be a part of that episode. Uh, <laughs> he was ejected from the event after posting a number of creepy photos and comments of female talent during the show. And the two women who were booked on that night were Riley Knox and um, I guess Maddie Lee Exodus. Okay, uh, she's uh, she's uh, we're gonna bust this open right here right now. Um, I well, want to clarify. Me, let, uh, go ahead and finish, and then I'll bust that open. Yes, continue. Yeah, Sorry. we better do this one at a time because it's right. kind of falls. There's a chain that follows on this anyway. Right. Right. Um, several. Well, anyway, several wrestlers who were in attendance as spectators proceeded to run him out of the building, and police were called to remove him from the premises. He had posted a rambling, incoherent statement about him being ejected, which doesn't exactly justify what he was doing at this show. Um, supposedly, he was there because uh, Mephisto needed an announcer, but his regular announcer happened to show up, so he wasn't needed. That's I wish he would have called me. Say. This would have never happened, just saying, but neither here nor there. Continue. <sighs> He posted some 20-minute video online on his YouTube channel, ex- supposedly explaining his ans- his actions, which was rambling <laughs> and all over the place. And I called him out. This is why you got heat. This is why you kicked out of the building. What you did didn't justify it. And this supposedly was a carryover from the previous week, where he had attended the Cottage Hills wrestling show and. Uh, I will disclaimer, I do not cover Cottage Hills Wrestling Alliance, and I'll explain that in detail on my episode of PWCI this week, but we're not at that point yet. Correct. He did not like what was at Cottage Hills, and yeah, what a shock there. So there were some Cottage Hills wrestlers that were booked to PWE, and that's just going to be, I don't know if I'm going to get into that. I get into that a little bit with the, TV show, but uh, he said um, he was going to, I guess, trash these two women wrestlers, and he got uh, run out of the building because people saw that, were quite upset. So he was ejected for for harassment, and of course, after I called him out, he says, I screenshot this, and I'm going to be filing a lawsuit against you. Like, I have never heard that before. Hey, better call the offices to park and park. Or prepaid legal. Right. You know, um, whatever, if he's got a good lawyer and he actually serves me as a lawsuit, I'm going to hire that lawyer because I got a few dozen people that I'd like to sue who said mean things about me. Right. I mean, it, it, it becomes one of these things. First of all, I, I, I'm going to break this open right now, and, and I hope the gentleman doesn't get offended. I appreciate. Are, yes. I appreciate that. Uh, not that gentleman, but I appreciate Mephisto and some of these other organizations down in that part of Illinois wanting uh, Cottage Hills to 
be brought into the fold the right way. I get it, okay? I did this with Revolution Wrestling. I did this with a couple others. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to bust this open here wide tonight. Freelance wrestling in Chicago actually started between a hybrid of quite a few backyard organizations that were up in that area, um, in the Oaklawn area that I had worked for. Um, I worked for them, and, and there's going to be some people that may be calling in later tonight that can elaborate more on this, but I went because they had a ring. And for me at the time, I was 16, I was taking bookings, ring time was important. It didn't matter um, that it was a backyard event. Now, my trainer who may be joining us at some point later this evening will tell you, he told me, he says, you, you, you go pro, you leave the backyard behind. It does, you, you don't get both. That has been a problem with some of these people that are working for Cottage Hills. I had this discussion with Frank Root when I was down there years ago. I don't care if you want to book them, but they need to know that if you're going to book them and you're going to take a chance on them, they cannot, I repeat, cannot go back to Cottage Hills. If they do, they will no longer be booked by you. Very simple. I appreciate that companies are wanting to take a chance on these individuals. Some of them are trying to get trained the right way. Some of them are not. As Crime Fighter and I will tell you, because if you go back and look at the history of this program with Steve Kane and, and some of the things that we did and um, I, I did a, a show with uh, Crime Fighter where we had taken some um, footage from Cottage Hills and a couple of organizations and kind of mocked it. Um, wrestling it's is not cool, self-taught. You know? Wrestling is not self-taught. It can't be. There are too many people out there that are getting hurt because they don't know what they're doing. And Dusty Rhodes had an old saying for this that Jim Cornette says quite a lot in Dusty's voice. Do not do shit you don't know how to do. If you don't know how to do shit, don't do it. Plain and simple. It also comes down to the fact, and I've said this many times before, that we have not policed the business enough. What that means is not everybody should have been a wrestler. And I've had some uh, veterans that have come to me and said, well, maybe you shouldn't have been given the chance. That's fine. You can have that opinion. I also believe that if the person does not have the mindset to want to break free of the backyard or, or promotions that they shouldn't be working for and they should know they, they know they shouldn't be working for them, they don't need to be booked. Um, I don't have a problem with, per se, individuals of, of Cottage Hills. I have a problem with Cottage Hills as a whole. Um, because they started as a backyard group. You can find the videos still on YouTube. They're now charging for events. I had no problem when their events were free. You do whatever the hell you want. But now that you're charging for your so-called events and trying to mimic what other legitimate promotions are due in the area, I have a problem with that. I have a problem for those people wanting to work for a promotion like PWE and PWE allowing them to work there and then still go back and run their shit shows. Um, that is a problem for me, just, just to clear the air. I don't. I, I I haven't talked to Mephisto in a while. I don't care if he's upset by the fact that I said that. If they want to be fully trained and leave the backyard behind, that's fine. Continue using them. If they want to continue to do the fucking self-taught bullshit, then no, they don't deserve to be booked. It's as simple as that. Plain and simple. Um, what this individual did, this individual is lucky that it didn't happen up here with me and some of the people that I employ. 
Um, it, we don't put up with that. We don't. We went through the Me Too movement. We went through the shit with Elgin that actually legitimately may ended up being true, some of it to an extent. I mean, my God, he's still getting booked in a few places, but there's quite a few promotions that will not book Michael Elgin. So we've been through this, and this is why these situations now have to be handled the right way, because we hadn't handled them the right way in the past. So I don't know. I think I, I applaud PWE and, the, and their roster for doing what they did to get rid of this individual. But um, I, I am also going to say this. If this individual was a problem at uh, CHWA and some of these women came from CHWA, that may be a lesson to whoever's booking for that company as well. Uh, just, just to put that out there. I, I have always been one to think outside the box, so I look at everything objectively with a big set of eyes to try to understand all of it. You want to avoid any of this in the future? Obviously, he should have a lifetime ban from all PWE events. And if this did happen at Cottage Hills, although they don't know what the hell they're doing, they should ban this individual as well. Well, I believe he's already been banned, and it's not the first promotion he's been banned from. Apparently, he's uh, known to a number of people and been kicked out of a few other promotions in the St. Louis area. So, um, I guess um, I apparently I forgot he uh, had a little issue with uh, another group of people. But PWE, I mean, it was kind of a multi-promotional show that night because uh, the promotions or two other promotions were involved. But yeah, Cod Hills was one, but also World Powerhouse Wrestling, so their titles were actually defended on the show. And uh, one of the... And an MMW, Missouri Wrestling Alliance title belt, uh, made appearance during the show as well. So, And it was a sold-out event. They, It was very crowded. I And I'm and very I had, happy... It was hard for me to move in there. I'm very happy for Mephisto um, for being able to sell out the event. He's been busting his ass to bring PWE back. Um, I don't remember who the original of PW, owner of PWE is, um, but PWE has, been a, PWE has been around a long time. Um, the original owners of PWE were, or the founders were, Wes and Ryan Parcell. Um, the Parcell brothers. But they're long gone. So correct me if I'm wrong, that may have uh, PWE may have started before I opened RWF in 09, correct? They started about 2008, 2009. Okay, yeah. The first um, show was in Springfield, Illinois. Yes. Um, so they've been around a while. They know what their Mephisto has been around. Mephisto came into the Wicked Wrestling Alliance, I want to say in 04. Yeah, that would be right because the one year anniversary was. 04 and he would have came in right after that because that's when Wicked stopped running the Knights of Columbus. Um, he's been around. He knows what he's doing. Okay. Do I agree with all the ideas that he has? No. Um, and, you know, I, I have clearly stated my opinion that look, when you book a name, it is very important that you make sure said name that is advertised is going to be there. Um, some of the situations could not be helped. Some of them could. Some of them... Like Justin Crabble and Sonny. <laughs> correct. Some of them you have to look at, and you have to look at the risk of the name that you are willing to take that chance on. 
if there's other promotions that are reporting that they're doing bad business, don't think that you're hot shit and they're not going to pull that shit with you. They're, they're going to do what they're going to do. There's obviously a reason why their name has that reputation. Um, so just, just, I don't care that, you know, things happen. I just want them to be cautious, especially now that they're selling out a, cry, a crowd about doing that in the future. You can't do that. It, be, it becomes very detrimental um, to the promotion as a whole because it makes the fans and even some of the workers start to think, hey, they booked so-and-so, but so-and-so's not here. What's the real issue? And you never want that from the, from the boys or from the fans or sponsors or anybody else involved. Just a word of advice. Um, we have another situation that I am going to cover, and I have to actually see. Now, let me do the rundown while you're looking. Um, so, yes, my episode of PWCI this week has been uploaded. The topics I will cover this week, and I will go in more in depth as to why I don't cover uh, Cottage Hills. I also cover, gosh, stupid World War Three, which we covered quite a bit. Uh, I also kind of dip into the seat filler controversy that uh, came into focus down in the St. Louis area during the Royal Rumble. I also talk about the um, whether uh, time limits in wrestling are a necessary thing. And then finally, uh, I cover the, well, we had a death in the pinfall wrestling family last week. Chris Barrow uh, passed away after a lengthy battle with cancer and post-COVID complications on top. So he's been battling cancer, contracted COVID. The complications from getting over that illness played a factor. Passed away at age 46, and we have scheduled a uh, a memorial event will be scheduled for uh, June the 18th in Springfield um, at the H Street Gym. So that'll be a fundraiser to uh, help cover his final expenses. So that's PWCI this week for this edition. And you can get to it by going to tiny.cc slash PWCI. And that will go to my YouTube channel. And I encourage everybody to like and subscribe because already there are certain people who have been thumbing it down, my usual critics who can't, who don't agree with anything that I say. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I'm going to point this out here. There have been a lot of people that have had um, mixed things to say about Crime Fighter. Crime Fighter and I have a long history. Um, we used to fire back at each other on the Chicago Pro Board and other message boards way back in the day when those were a thing. But at the end of the day, the man has my respect. The amount of film work and other work that he has done for promotions and, and just getting the central Illinois scene on the map, um, he can't be thanked enough for that. And there are so many people in the wrestling business, at least here in Illinois, that are like, ah, well, no. The guy obviously has a very wise opinion. Do I always agree with Crime Fighter? Absolutely not. And he doesn't always agree with me. But opinions are like assholes, and, and that's why everybody's got one. Um, or at least you're supposed to be born with one. If you're not, then you might want to see a doctor. But at the end of the day, he's done a lot for the business. He's done a lot to help my promotion, my personal growth. Um, he was a part of the MWA event last year. You know, we, we are actually 
um, going to be announced. We'll talk later, Crime Fighter, but I'm actually should have copies of that DVD with me uh, for the 26th of March in Arlington Heights. Anybody that wants that, please contact me, and I'm going to try to keep that about $20 a copy. It might be a little bit more. Um, that was a problem. Uh, we better talk about that. Um, I don't charge that much for a PWA DVD. Just saying. And well, plus, there's other things about. I mean, there's a lot of video I can find online. So, right. Just saying. Um, right. We are going to be putting out the DVD of NWA Showdown from last June. Um, Brian played it myself in, 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 in conjunction with Crime Fighter because he was there to film it. Um, so we're going to be putting that together. He's going to be there the 26th for uh, Battle of the Midwest with former star Aiden English. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that he does. So at the end of the day, I don't appreciate that people discredit him to, to the point that they do. If you actually get to know the guy, and, and believe me, we, we were annoyed by each other quite a bit, but he became a regular on this podcast. He brought very insightful um, conversation and, and topics and things to my attention. And that is why he will still remain a good friend of mine. And, and he's a part of everything that I do with the podcast. And if I have events with RWF or NWA or any other promotion that I work with, he's good at what he does filming is, is are, are you going to get 4k quality? Like, you know, some of the top promotions have no, but if you're willing to pay the man enough, you're going to get two camera angles, maybe three. If you're lucky, he edited, edited, Edit. I'm not even going to try to repeat together. that. Together. Edit yeah. videos together. So, and, you know, play by play. Right. Um, give my opinions on what I was seeing in the ring or the wrestlers right. in the ring. Right. You get what you pay for, and I've always seen him as an asset. Some people see him as a curse, but I've seen him as an asset. So, the next thing that I want to cover is it was brought to my attention over the weekend. Um, by somebody that I have a long history with, that a former worker of mine, um, we're just going to call it spade a spade here, he wrestled under Mo Dinger. It, is, it had been brought to my you know attention before. You know more about it. It had been brought to my I don't. It had been brought to my attention before when he worked for me, or quote-unquote worked for me. Um, actually, what he did is he was on Wrestle Wars 2. He did a Battle Royal. And then Brian Blade did a show up in St. Charles um, in January of 2017, and I booked him to come up there and do a battle royal. So he literally worked two battle royals for me, um, but there were, there were definite things that were brought to my attention even early on. I don't know how old the individual is. I know that he's around my age, if not older. It was brought to my attention over the weekend that he – hit on a fellow worker's kid and um the age of the 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 kid which i'm assuming mr mo dinger would have known was 16 unacceptable absolutely 100 percent unacceptable and then i had heard uh through somebody that i know that has a, a child that works with him at our local fine um mcdonald's establishment that he had been doing the same thing with some of the girls that were employed by, um, you know, uh, Ronald McDonald that were not of the age of 18. We have been over this so many times on this program. It's it nauseum now for me. 
Um, and everybody knows my history with Big Daddy, and we're not going to go into that. I don't allow it. I won't. I won't tie myself to it. There were reasons that I was tied to Big Daddy. There were reasons if you were to go back and talk to my original trainer that when he found out that things over in WPPF were going a wire, he left. We don't put up with this in this business. We had this conversation here a couple months back, Time Fighter, when we did a program uh, about the individual with book pro wrestlers that kind of history. This is not something that the wrestling business takes lightly. And especially, like, if he would have hit on a fan's, you know, child, it might have been a different subject situation here. I'd still be very upset, but you hit on a fellow worker's kid, and that fellow worker's kid happens to know me. I pray to God for the sake of Mo Dinger that the, the, the parents of said child are never find Mo Dinger because – I know these two individuals very well and can say that it won't go over well for this man. Um, so I, I had a, a message come through that we might have an anonymous caller calling in that might have a little bit more insight on this tonight. Um, we're going to see if they call. I don't, agree, I, I don't agree with it. I know Mo Dinger had been getting some bookings over in Indiana. And that was the last I knew. I don't know the last time he wrestled over there. I know I saw the last match he had over there, and it was so god-awful. Awful. It was laughable. Um, I don't agree with it, you know. I also don't agree with this. Since the time that I booked him last in 2017, I don't think he's trained anywhere else. That tells me right there that the guy doesn't need to be booked anywhere to begin with, but especially now. His, his booking privileges by any legitimate promoter in the Midwest and beyond that can hear the sound of my voice here tonight should revoke his privilege, and it is a privilege, to be booked. So, Anonymous Caller, if you're listening and would like to call in, our call-in number here is 515-602-9678. I guess it did change. And that means I get to have the artwork Got updated. It. To an Iowa number. Uh, Ask you a question. Has anybody reported them to the authorities? I'm hoping that it comes to that because, because you know what? We've got so much of this going on anymore, and, and, and it's just sickening to the business. Um, I, I, I want to go back and talk a little bit about because we didn't get a chance. I was not on doing podcasts to do this, but – I want to talk about the Grizzly Smith episode of Dark Side of the Ring for a minute, because my oh my God, God, if you did not, first of all, if you have never tuned in to Vice's Dark Side of the Ring, you don't know what the hell you're missing. It spun a way different um, outlook for me on the wrestling business in a lot of topics, and one of them was Grizzly Smith. Grizzly Smith was the father of Rock and Robin. Jake the Snake Roberts, and a, a, a guy that has called into this show so many times, um, you know, and I never knew about any of this, and neither did Steve Kane or Katie, um, Sam Houston. I literally turned on for my mother the segment of Rockin' Robin talking about Grizzly Smith bringing like an eight- or nine-year-old girl to her house and thinking he was going to leave with said child. 
That sent chills down my spine after I almost projectile vomited. And you put that with what Jake the Snake went through in his career, and and we're going to call it spade a spade, his drug abuse. You understand a lot more of why Jake did the things that he did. And that is why, especially with that story out, um, the fact that he, Mo, hit on a fellow worker's kid, that makes it all that more bad because we, we, we are seeing just so much of this with the Me Too movement and all the other things that have come out. Um, I didn't see a lot of this 10 years ago because 10 years ago would have been 2012. It was actually probably right around the inception of this program is when a lot of this started to come to the forefront. We saw the Me Too movement, and a lot more people came out and talked about it then. This, this, this should not be allowed to be okay. I'm going to bring our anonymous caller with us. Hello, caller. Hello. Hi. Uh, um, we were to- we right. were told that you might have some insight on on this situation. Um, let's go. You don't have to give us your name. We know you want to stay anonymous. Give us what information you have. Um, I just want to point out that I've actually seen the text messages with my own eyes. I've seen them with my own eyes. It's horrible. I can't believe somebody in the business would do something like this. And it's sad, really. You know what I mean? Um, it, it it really is. It's it's. Uh, uh, I have seen said text messages, and I I, I forward them to Crime Fighter um, because they were brought to my attention. Uh, you know, look. As I said, he doesn't deserve to be booked. I never saw use for him anyway. Crime Fighter will tell you when I was booking those Revolution guys. I did it more to see if they could draw, if they could push tickets. If they could push tickets, we were going to keep them around. But that also came with the commitment that they had to go get legitimately trained. I am like, Crime Potter and I have had this discussion on this show with Steve Kane, with Katie, with countless other wrestling legends and personalities at nauseum. Wrestling is not a business you can be self-taught in. Not one bit. You have to be properly trained, definitely. So, um, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna follow up on this. We're I appreciate your call. Um, well, I think you know, the, if I could point out, I think part of the professionalism too is, you know, you know, you go, you do your job and stuff, obviously, but this just takes it outside of professionalism. This takes it to a whole nother level from a social point of view. You know what I right. mean? Right. In the way you treat women in general. You know what I mean? If right. a guy's doing this kit, you want to be around female workers, what's wrong with this guy? What's he going to do right. to your fans? Well, so, and, and, I mean, I'll turn this into a lot of something, unfortunately. Uh, what at a time, please. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, uh, Crime I Fighter. And then... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Crime Fighter. Okay. I just said that um, this issue is a problem in a number of industries, especially entertainment and Hollywood and, of course, big money donors like Jeffrey Epstein were doing this crap. And 
Yeah, this it's and I I'll say something else. I just finished doing grand jury duty. I had to listen to uh some of these horrible cases too and to determine whether to uh there's probable cause probable cause to send it to trial and hear the details and get disgusted. Yes. Go ahead. And this is uh go go ahead caller. <clears throat> um, I, I guess what I was saying is when you take it to this level, you know, you just, as a promoter, you got to look at yourself and protecting your company. You know, I, I've been around this business a while. I just really think, like you said, uh, I urge other promoters to stay away from this guy. I've ran my own company. I've been there. I've done that. This is not a guy I would bring in, not with, not with that happening. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and it's like it's like I, I said earlier, we had to cover a situation about uh, this individual that if you reach out to Book Pro Wrestlers, who what is it's supposed to be this reputable company that is a booking agency for all these big name stars, if you send them an email, they source you out to this gentleman by the name of Charles Rock that is a registered sex offender that has ran scams on multiple promoters, um, including my good old friend Kamala Jr. over in Indiana. Um, it, no, no, absolutely not. I am not, a, uh, I am not sure who you are. So I'm not sure if you're aware of the situation with big daddy and WPPS in Iowa, but that's why he went under like this, this people do not understand that in the old days. And I, you said you've been around for a while, so maybe you can shed more light on this in the seventies or eighties, in the seventies or eighties, if you were caught with this event and it's a, it, we were talking about Grizzly Smith. It's a miracle somebody didn't find out about this and just shoot Grizzly Smith. Because if somebody would have found out about it, I guarantee you he would have been in a grave or in a ditch somewhere. In the 70s and 80s, this was not something that was acceptable. I don't understand why it started to become acceptable in the wrestling business. I, for one, as a promoter, will never stand for it. Go ahead, caller. I think you know from personal experience, though, there always existed in forums. There are people that train and promote and say, well, guys do this and guys do that, and that's okay. And there's all the wing rats and all that crap. But, you know, th- there's certain lines you don't cross. And, I mean, I think it, it's slipped a little more in the past. Actually, that's why we didn't hear about it as much as we do now. I think it was just right. more accepted now before coming out and talking about it. Absolutely. Well, and go ahead, Crime Fighter. It's a bit more sinister than that. I mean, if you've looked at trends, social trends in the last decade or so, it's been they uh, put sexual orientation on the same level as a race. I mean, okay, it was just uh, treating gays and lesbians the same as other people, but there was more than just these sexual orientations. And the end of the road... There are people who are trying to make pedophilia normalized, and well, that that's is been, ongoing, that, and that's still going. That's been on the alarm for years. And, uh, that has been a problem. I, I, I may say the name of the organization wrong, but South Park is one of my favorite shows. They did an episode on NAMBLA. Um, this, this has been a thing for a long time. And it becomes a problem in the wrestling business because mostly, unless you're running at a bar, you have children at events. 
and you cannot if they, to my understanding if you have that charge you cannot be in a public place with children it doesn't work like that especially this type of event yeah. it's that and, and there are people who think pedophilia should be legalized it's sick and it has to be fought and it has to be continuously and, and is- meanwhile there's People are wanting to do other things to children and make feed them ideas that are that they wouldn't have conjured up on their own, and they're going behind the backs of parents and doing things to their kids and feeding them ideas of just why parents have been rising up and trying to take back control of school boards all across all across the country because yes. they. They're ruining their kids, and they do not like what they're doing to them, and I don't like what they're doing to them. Yes, uh, that we'll, we'll can that subject now for another night. Scholar, do you have anything else or any other insight you want to share about us with this topic? No, no, I think we covered it all. I'm just saying I've seen it in the past in the business, you know what I mean? And back in the day, you know, you had to go to somebody that knew what was going on, or you could be duped into doing something you shouldn't do. But right. this is a whole other level of contacting another worker's daughter. That, right. That is just crazy. A minor. You know, if she wasn't a minor, no big deal. Right. It's also a ballsy so, I mean, move um, because it was my last recollection that the said worker um, that this Modinger hit on was in the same generalized area that Modinger was said to still be living in. That that yeah, I know, them. I know them. I'm not going to say who it is, but I know them. You know what I mean? That's why I know this is a true story. Um, and I'm going to keep I'm going to keep the secrecy on it just because names don't want to be involved. But right, it, it is a real thing. It it has happened, and I mean, people need to look out for this guy. I 100% believe. I only called in to reinforce the fact that I know this is a fact, and you know. People just need to steer clear of them. It's a sad situation. You shouldn't even be at this McDonald's. Probably not, no, uh, especially if they were to get a copy of this uh, fine podcast. Um, maybe I'll see about forwarding that to the, uh, the right people. The one thing that Crime Fighter did want to mention is hopefully somebody will take this to the local authorities um, because this is behavior that just cannot be tolerated. Um, We need to send a message to this individual, as we have done in the past with this fine program on other controversial things, that this kind of behavior in the wrestling business especially will not be tolerated. Caller, I thank you very much for calling in. If you have anything else you want to share with us, now would be the time um, on the second half of our program, because I am getting ready for our song break here, we will be talking about the downfall of the WWE, the downfall of NXT, and I will bring you my insight to AEW Revolution pay-per-view from last night. I have a lot more to share with you. Do not go anywhere. You are listening to Rampage Rants, Monday Night Mayhem on the Evolution Radio Network. We will be right back momentarily. And I'm sticking around.
Saturday night at the Birmingham Fairgrounds. Mud Show Championship Wrestling presents an all-star card of action-packed wrestling matches just for you. In the main event, Sam McCallahan faces Jelly Janela in a bleak 182 death match. Featured match, Joey Ryan versus Priscilla Kelly in a puke on the naughty parts match. First person to puke on their opponent's naughty parts loses. Garden Rake on the pole match. Special wheelbarrow race and much, much more. All that this Saturday night at the Birmingham County Fairgrounds. It's Mud Show Championship Wrestling. You don't want to miss it. Y'all better be there. All right, and uh, man, I am just going to miss the creativity from Steve Kane from some of those mock commercials that we used to do, some of those that he would come up with, because he wouldn't always send them to Katie and I before we'd play them live here, and some of them will just forever tickle me pink. I am Sadistic Sean David, joined by the Mad Conservative Crime Fighter. This is Rampage Rants, Monday Night Mayhem, hour number two. Well, we're, we're kind of uh, almost in the about 45-minute territory. Um, what I want to talk about now is the ongoing downfall of WWE. It is, it, man, we thought the pandemic almost killed it. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't, uh, I can't bring myself to tune it in anymore. I just, I just can't. There's talent there that I still love and adore, um, but I can't do it. It, it, it has become a total train wreck, off off the wall train wreck. Um, to hot, not a watch to, either. To let go of the amount of people that they have sickens me. And it's funny because I want to bring this up. The last couple of times that they've done huge releases, it always seems that they do this around their quarterly review of their finances. They report making a shit ton of money. That, in turn, results in a lot of people losing their job. I don't understand it. I will also say this. Um, NXT, you might as well consider dead. There's nothing. I'm not going to say that there's not talent left in NXT that will make that thing special. It will never be to the level of special that it was before. I know that for a fact. You don't have the elements that you had before. Um, so that worries me, okay, because the WWE is still out signing all of these guys to deals and blah. Here's the fucked up thing about it, and I don't mean to use that word, but I'm going to be honest here. You go back and look at the history <clears throat> of WWE wanting to establish territories for developmental. The very first one was actually supposed to be under Ian Rotten. If you go back and pull up Cornette's podcast, you will find reference to this point. Yes, Ian Rotten and IWA Mid-South were going to be a developmental territory for the WWE. Ian kissed that goodbye. Really? He, yes, Ian kissed that goodbye because he was not willing to give up the King of the Death matches. Vince was not going to allow talent that was later going to come into the WWE to go through those style of matches willingly. Um, there were things – this is why it got shifted to OVW and, and Jim Cornette and Danny Davis. 
There were other things like Deep South that were done, although that never worked because they, they didn't have the right stuff. Um, JR was trying to do a, a developmental territory. I think there was talk of Lawler wanting to do one at one. The reason it became OVW is because OVW worked. The reason that WWE got rid of OVW is because they were not comfortable with the fact that Danny Davis had put his foot down, um, primarily with Johnny Ace, people power, man, uh, to say that you're not going to have influence over my show. Well, we need so-and-so for TV. Um, I invite anybody to go back and listen to Jim Cornette, even if you're not a fan about some of this history with him and Johnny Ace and Danny Davis and OVW. There are several reasons it didn't work. Um, But basically it was because WWE wanted to have so much influence over OVW. And at the end of the day, OVW was running their own thing. Uh, Vince might have had some of those OVW people under contract, but at the end of the day, OVW was a sole proprietor of itself. Vince was not cutting a check to OVW like he was, at least from my understanding, to ECW. So, and, and Danny Davis didn't want to give up all the creativity to the WWE, which is why it didn't work. Um, they moved operations down to Florida and, and, built that whole thing nxt lost ground somewhere when they lost the full sales center that that kind of did them in on that in my book um were they still producing some great shit yeah you go back and look at some of the early nxt takeovers my god but it becomes a problem now that a good majority of that talent that you would want to bring up to the main roster or some that they even called up to the main roster and didn't know what the hell to do with and cut are now working for the opposition. Are they getting because, used right? But are, well, are they getting used? Go ahead. Vinny Mac has this idea of what a WWE superstar should be. And all these guys on the independents and NXT have a completely different idea of what a professional wrestler should be. Vinny Mac doesn't want to see somebody as a professional wrestler. He wants to see them as a superstar. And that was that came out on that Pat McAfee comment podcast. Right. Um, the other problem there's a lot that came out of that, but the, the, the problem that I see with firing all of these individuals is also this. Impact is signing them. Uh, Ring of Honor, if you haven't caught the news, has been sold to Tony Khan. I don't agree fully with this decision. And I'm going to bring up Cornette's points about this. We don't know what the hell Tony Khan bought. None of those details have been released. Did he buy the Ring of Honor tape library? That's a good library. Smart man to buy that. Did he buy the equipment? Do they have any rings or, or, or equipment left? We know that Sinclair Broadcasting bought Ring of Honor some serious video production stuff. Okay, go back and look at All In or whatever the first one was. Um, that the Bucks did in Chicago. It was filmed by Ring of Honor. Some of the NWA stuff was filmed by Ring of Honor and Sinclair. That becomes valuable, but Ring of Honor doesn't have any contracts, which means they legitimately have no wrestlers under contract. That becomes a problem. Um, do, is Assuming Tony... that they're not, none of them were signed by All Elite, which some of them were. Right. Um, and the title... The titles are still being defended, apparently. Right, right. Um, 
What is that? Are they are they getting the time slots for television? Are they going to stay on Sinclair? What what did Tony buy? Because I think, and, and even Cornette said I this. Know, they're still Ring of Honor is still being broadcast in the in syndication on Sinclair own channels. It's also being aired on the stadium network. Right. So if they've got some TV outlets now, I don't think that's changed. Will that Hopefully stay that way long term? Don't know. Right. Um, it becomes a question of that. Is he is he going to keep the Ring of Honor time slots? Are we are we going to see Ring of Honor continue as a brand? We have a pay per view that is coming to I believe Texas is where they've announced Supercard of Honor. It's still happening. It's still announced. There's matches announced for it. That's great. But if you don't have some kind of way to get now that we're into March and this is going to be sometime, I, what did they say, April? Um. You need to get a move on on promoting this because otherwise nobody's going to give a shit and nobody's going to care. I think Tony Khan was very premature to be able to bring himself out on a week that he's already got a pay-per-view and announce this big acquisition. You don't prematurely do something like this, and we know that Khan has, has kind of teased these big announcements a lot. They don't always live up to the hype. And uh, Cornette again, when he got the phone call from Chris Candido stating that, you know, basically every ECW show at the ECW arena had to have some kind of surprise, doesn't that ruin the elements of the surprise? In this case, if you're overhyping something that's supposed to be huge and it doesn't live up to the hype, sooner or later people aren't going to feed into the DS. Um, this happened with the debut of Keith Lee. Their, uh, their viewership plummeted for that announcement. But now that everybody knows who it is, the curiosity factor is gone and ratings are back down. Um, so God, they are weekly it, celebrity guest type of deal, isn't it? Uh, I, I have no idea what Khan like, is doing. It's, like the late night talk shows, they would have guests every, every night, different right. ones. Is that, also, what they're trying, is that what Khan's doing? Um, I don't know. He signed a lot. We, you know, He said that they weren't going to be the land of WWE misfits, but it's becoming that. You also have Braun Strowman and EC3 launching their own thing, which that was over the weekend. It drew 200 people and is supposed to be getting a TV deal. I'm sorry, but if you're going to be getting TV and your first event draws 200 people, if I were a TV network executive, I would be second-guessing that decision. You haven't filmed a pilot. Yeah, we're just got to see what um, they do on show number two, show number three. Right, that's control that's, your narrative for those not aware. The NWA is making the NWA is making a lot of ground. They are uh, they have the Crockett Cup coming up. We know that Matt Cordona is the NWA World Heavyweight Champion now. Um, Nick Aldis getting another shot for it. I wouldn't do if I were behind the NWA. Find somebody else you can get. There's all of this talent that has been released, um, but that's just me. So NWA is still a thing. Ring of Honor, assumingly, is still going to be a thing. Impact is doing their thing. Um, that's great. Game changer. The, game changer. I don't even want to begin to talk about. I don't. I. Well, I don't understand. I, all, go ahead. 
truth be told, it, uh, whether you like like it or not, they become a major, let's say, I don't know, top 10, top 20 independent promotion that they're basically going around the eastern United States. And they've made the trip up to Chicago recently. I have – I'm just going to say this out in public for the first time. I think Game Changer Wrestling is going to make an appearance in Springfield at Robin Roberts Stadium sometime this year because Jeff with Jarrett Jeff- uh, apparently got involved with that group fairly recently. Correct. And, of course, Correct. he uh, now is part owner of the Springfield Slider- Sliders, now known as the Lucky Horseshoes baseball team. Right. Here in Springfield. Um, I, I just don't see all the hype between, behind GCW. And it also comes down to this. Um, for every good thing that they may be able to book, they book some of the, the garbage stuff. And, and we learned this with ECW. You can book the bra- greatest talent in the world, but the, the bad is going to outweigh the good. It always does. It's oil and water. Um, I wish them success, but at the end of the day, I, don't, I, I just don't know. Um, so, yes, the WWE has gone downhill. Uh, Vince McMahon has lost his ever-loving mind. On the other hand, Cody Rhodes is gone from AEW. I'm going to be one hundred percent. I'm going to be one hundred percent honest. Um, my brother and I anticipated the fact that one of two things were going to happen before they went off the air last night on the pay per view. Either Kenny Omega was going to make his triumphant return, or Cody was going to come back because supposedly the WrestleMania plans for Cody have been scrapped. God only knows. Um, so right now, what I want to bring all of you is my objective view of AEW Revolution 2022 with the results, with what I saw. So you saw the show, the- and I didn't. So, all right. Just a um, disclaimer. I, I hope I'm not going to spoil this for you, but you'll you'll hear my no, viewpoints in this. I don't care. Uh, you'll hear some of my viewpoints, and if you want to go back and look and see if I was right or you agree with it, that's fine. Um, we had legit Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. I like Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch is not your typical women's wrestler. She's different. Um, Chris Statlander, I don't know that I understand the gimmick. I don't know that I'll ever understand it, but she's good. She's definitely good. Um, that was a pre-show match um, for the buy-in. And then you had uh, Hook versus QT Marshall. I like QT Marshall. He doesn't get over. He just doesn't. Everybody's got high hopes for Hook. We know that's Taz's kid. He looks great. He he was trained by his dad, I would assume. So um, I'm worried about the kid's size wise. He 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 does not have the statue of Taz, uh, stature of Taz. Um, but we're gonna see what he can do. This is the one that I want to talk about that was on the buy-in. Malachi Black versus uh, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews against Death Triangle and Eric Redbeard. Um, for those of you that don't know, since probably October, I have been telling Crime Fighter that Redbeard was going to AEW. I had firsthand knowledge of this, um, and, and even some, you know, conversations with some of his agents um, to know that this was going to legitimately happen. I don't know that this was a good fit for him. 
I can see what they're trying to put together here, um, but you have to make sure that you have the rest of it. Right now, you have Eric Redbeard, you don't have Bray, and you don't have Braun. Yes. 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 We know that Brody is gone. The thing that sucks about that for Redbeard is him and Brody were tag champs over at WWE. Because a lot of people ask me, well, how would he draw? I could see him drawing with AEW as a tag team with Brody Lee. That would have been phenomenal. Probably should have done that a lot earlier. Um, don't know why they didn't. But, well, there's a reason for that. Luke Harper was released. Um, Eric Rowan was still under WWE contract and still getting booked. Gotcha. It was a, quite uh, a while before Eric Rowan was released. Right, and I think by Let that go. time, that was... That was the time that Brody was sick, unfortunately. Brody Lee, not Brody King. Um, that was an okay match. I just don't – I don't know where they're going with this House of Black. I like Malachi Black. Um, I, I, I don't get it. I don't. I want to. I want it to be cool. I thought Aleister Black was a very cool character, and it seemed to work for WWE. Um, but Vinnie Mac never got it. Vinny Mack never saw Malachi Black as a star to begin with. Hence why he was let go, along with the other 200 people. Right. Um, so then we saw the kickoff of the event. Eddie Kingston defeated Chris Jericho. Good match. I think they're going to continue the, the Jericho-Kingston um, feud. It was, it was a good match. The next match, this is where things kind of started to get foolish. But I do want to point out one thing. Kyle O'Reilly worked for me in 2009 for three months. Uh, he came to me through Tony Kazina, and nobody knew who the hell this guy was. I gave him a match with Karina. It's a match that put him on the map. Uh, legitimately, we know that to be factual now. Um, this was a good tag team match. However, you have so many teams in AEW, and yet here we see the Young Bucks still interjecting themselves in the title picture. Why, for the love of God, was FDR not a part of this? This would have been great. This was, this was okay. This was, you know, acceptable. This would have been a thousand times better with FTR in there, uh, with Jurassic Express and, and Red Dragon. I think, hell, um, you couldn't have done it because neither one of the teams have the belts, but Red Dragon versus FTR, book it. Book it. That's, that's tag team wrestling. Um, Wardlow, this is, this is this is just when the shit went off the rails. Um, well, there's some. Well, <laughs> I went to Mania to see what they rated the matches, and uh, yeah, you're going to be. I think you might be some disagreements between you and the four one one reviewers, but go ahead. On the next match, the, the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Let's yeah, on go match ahead. Six. Um, Wardlow, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Christian Cage. My problem becomes with this, these ladder matches kind of got crazy with the invention of Money in the Bank. We see their AEW's version of that here. The ladder matches are fine. However, when you have a guy that is Keith Lee's size 
climbing up a ladder. You have somebody like on his back the size of Wardlow, and then on top of Wardlow is like Powerhouse Hobbs. These ladders are not made to withstand tons of punishment. I don't believe that the same ladders that a, uh, WWE uses are being used by AEW. WWE has somebody that builds those customly for them to be able to handle uh, that kind of weight. For instance, the one they used when Big Show was in Money in the Bank the couple times he was. I don't have a problem with who won. I, I knew it was probably going to go in the direction of Wardlow. Um, too early for Keith Lee. You haven't built in really any way at all yet. It was an okay match, but where we're going to go further down the rabbit hole from here, this was a lot more acceptable than things that we're going to get into further. So Wardlow won the face of the revolution ladder match. Then this, this, this match for me, this is when I tuned out. Uh, Jade Blue Gill, as I am going to call her. uh, Again, with Mark Sterling. Okay. Love Mark Sterling um, against Ty Conti for the TBS championship. Jade Cargill is awful. Awful. Yeah, and this is, last week this is, uh, she technically should have – the referee shouldn't have stopped counting. should have hit time to try to save her, her, her uh, winning streak, but she kicked out late. I don't know what Tony Khan is saying. Lost track of the three count, and she would have been pinned if the refs had not stopped counting. So I got a problem with that. You're supposed to – when you referee a match, this is the AEW officials, you ref every match as if it's a shoot. If a wrestler forgets to kick out a two, it's their dumb fault. That's correct, isn't it? And we had and, some and, of that. that like, happened to zero one is like somebody kicked out late. Well, the ref hit count three. It was like the match ended a lot sooner than it should have, and the wrong person won the match. And they're trying to get no, no, to, trying to wave it off. It's like no, it's too late. You're the winner. Go home. And the other guy threw a temper tantrum in the locker room. And well, and and that, that becomes the thing. The door and broke a window. And that would have been the end of him being legendary. Um, by me, but here's the problem with that. Um, you, Steve Kane, and even when I refereed, and I didn't have a very long time of refereeing the couple times that I did it, they were told that because it's a common rule of thumb. Other promoters that have I, I have had on this program would agree with me and other referees like Jim Molino and um, lots of others, even Fonzie. Um, that that is true. If if you do not kick out, you're screwed because the ref's going to count it. And and uh, I've been with promotions where a referee hasn't counted and gotten to the back, and I said, "Hey, we need to talk." Well, I don't care. You fucked up. Here's how you did so. Don't do it again because it makes the whole business look like crap. Now, some of these people that are coming up through the business now don't give a shit about that. I do. Um, I really do. So um, Jade Bluegill, the reason I've started to call her Jade Bluegill is because she hops or flops around the ring like a damn fish. She is awful. She worked in a very weird way. I don't know who's trained her. 
I don't want to know that I know who's taking credit for training her because they probably deserve to be shot for even taking a chance on this woman. I don't know what I'm Tony Khan is thinking. Quick. I'm looking it up because I want to know. If Mark Sterling trained her, I'll never say another good thing about Mark Sterling. Nope. Incorrect. Who trained her? Uh, five different people were involved in training her. A.R. Fox, <laughs> U.T. Marshall, Heath Miller, Finn Rose, and Brian Danielson. I guess, he, yeah, it's Heath. Yeah, it's Heath from the 3&B guy. Why in the world would – name. Doggone it, oh. his old ring – uh, yeah, uh, I Heath know who Slater. you're talking there about. You yeah, Sorry. yeah, the one, the one that that, that had the kids. Those five yeah. individuals should all, not all be had the, involvement. I wouldn't take credit for training her. She's awful. I don't know what what is going on with this. You have so many other talented women on that roster that could be the TBS champion. And this is a really like silly thing. Okay, let's look at this. They have the TBS champion, which is a women's championship. They have the TNT championship, which is a men's championship. Why? I'm going to explain this to everybody because it's been a while since I've done so. In a wrestling organization, you need tag belts. You need your world title. You need your women's title. And you need some kind of secondary title. With the original RCW and Dreamwave, it was the alternative championship. Great name for the championship. Um, but that's it. You don't need WWE and even many other independent promotions have gone crazy on having all of these belts. It doesn't need to happen. Simple. Now, you know why less WWE is more. has so many belts? It's because they tried multiple brands, which well, yeah, I never but, supported. No, and I didn't either. You should have one world so champion, that world works. champion. That world champion should make both. If you've got two TV shows or three, he should make all of them. Yeah, and, and WWE was doing the brand extension, the force creative to find uses for everybody, but that obviously didn't work out, did it? No. This The following match was my favorite match of the night by far, um, not even because of who was in it. Look, everybody knows my history with a guy named Phil, a.k.a. CM Punk. He was a part of the uh, revolution down here. Without him, I don't believe that that company would have ever reached the height that it did. Um, very creative mind between uh, Jay Repsol and, and originally Kurt Razzo, um, bringing him in, doing what they did with him here in LaSalle. Um, very fitting that he used his old Ring of Honor music last night, and anybody that doesn't know, he has, or has gone or is going into the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Um, the gear, the old school gear for him of, of the zip up and, and the white shorts sent chills down my spine and gave me goosebumps. And as my brother and I posted on Facebook, or he actually tagged me in a post, in 2003, when Punk won the RCW Heavyweight Championship from Acid in the uh, Lethal Lottery Battle Royal, um, after screwing Acid over, basically, he was wearing the white trunks. So, or shorts. It was breathtaking. Now, the psychology of this match between him and Maxwell Jacob Friedman, I have been behind, busting my balls to wrestling promoters for the last 
probably three to four years. If you've never heard of MJF, you need to look him up. You need to book him. Um, there's one problem that I will state with that, though. One of the top companies in Illinois stopped booking MJF because they felt his price was too high. I, after seeing this, would bite the bullet on that. Because this match that he had last night with CM Punk in a dog collar match was simply everything that professional wrestling could be in 2022 and should be. If we were to see more wrestling like this, attendance would go up. I will say this. Those, especially Punk, Punk bled probably worse than I've seen anybody bleed, and I've seen quite a bit of New Jack's footage. Um, I think they went maybe a little overboard on the blood, but the psychology, the use of the dog collar, the use of the chain, um, Wardlow turning on MJF for the finish. This was outstanding. This is what they could be if they would let some of the stuff that we're going to discuss going forward go. Um, this 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 was a wrestling match, a good, good wrestling match. I'm kind of uh, anticipating to see, and I'll probably find a way to upload them uh, for next Monday, Jim Cornette's comments about this match. I know he's a big punk fan. I know he loves his boy MJF because they work together in uh, MLW. I want to see what he has to say about this. I want to see what other veterans have to say about this. <coughs> I loved it, but I, w- <coughs> I loved it for what it was for. They had been telling a good story. They built this thing. And then from there, we go to the second women's match, actually third of the whole night, um, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Thunder Rosa for the AEW World Women's Championship. I love Thunder Rosa. I was a Britt Baker fan, but this is getting nauseating. Nauseating. And Britt Baker retains. You had so much momentum behind Thunder Rosa when she first came into AEW. And you just let it all go. She should have defeated Britt a long time ago for that belt. Any smart promoter or booker with an objective set of eyes should have seen that. Because I have a saying in wrestling, uh, the crowd can go stale, but workers' um, drawing capacity can also diminish and start to go stale. And that's what we're seeing with Britt Baker. Do the fans still like her? Is she still a good wrestler? Yes. They no longer want to see her as the AEW World Women's Champion. It's just the fact of the, the, the beast. The next match, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Formerly I was known the, as Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose versus Daniel yes. Bryan. Yes. Um, Continue. I was a Moxley fan when he was Ambrose. This Moxley shit, I'm done. And I know Katie's going to, you know, she we, when she does return and we have this discussion on air that it's going to be a debate. The appeal is gone for me. He's out doing all of this deathmatch shit that Tony Khan has allowed to be brought to the forefront, like the exploding deathmatch that went poof and got over like a fart in church that Steve Kane would have ripped Oh, realize this. John Moxley did the deathmatch stuff before he went to WWE. I know that. I know. I know well, fully aware he worked for uh, Ian down in uh, 
Peoria area, but that in other areas of IWA, that doesn't make this acceptable. The, the problem is we're putting this stuff out in the public eye. Now, granted, this is not a publicly traded company, and it's for good reasons. It's not. However, there's going to come an extent with this and all of this blood and violence and, and some of it downright nonsense. They just landed a huge sponsor last night. Like, what it was it, DraftKings? They've got a new canvas with DraftKings logo in every corner. Sooner or later, businesses like that – now, back in the 90s, even in the 80s to some extent, blood would get you – a relationship ended with you and, and said sponsor. We saw this with Domino's over the exploding – that's what I'm talking about. But you about. also get in trouble in some states with the athletic commission and mines were issued uh, back in Maryland. Like Correct. A couple of years ago. Correct. Chris Cruz um, involved in that one. John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. It became a bloodbath, and I just I love both of those guys. I like their work. This did not this this. I don't know what they're doing with Daniel Brian Danielson or formerly D Bry. I don't get it. I don't. He's good, but. I see what I also see the advantages in not putting the belt on him right now. He doesn't need it, but you got to find some other use for him. Put him with Punk. Do something. Well, Is Moxley versus? Go ahead. Apparently, Moxley and Danielson are gonna be obtaining in the near future. Because uh, what yes, happened after was... the match? Who came out? William Regal made his AEW debut. Now, it is my hope, based on how this was done, that Tony Khan and, and the producers of AEW have finally wised up that Tony Khan should not be in the ring as an authority figure, and they're going to hand that role to William Regal, because there's nobody, really, that could handle it better. And if you want to sweeten the pot, you just bought Ring of Honor. You know that there's a guy that used to be the henchman of William Regal for the opposition, that is no longer under contract. So, you want to make things real interesting, you have some of the heels start to fuck with William Regal, and all of a sudden, here comes Samoa Joe. But William Regal is the authority figure, I like it. I really like it. It fits. He got between Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley and put himself in there and slapped the shit out of both of them, and this was good. This is what we needed in the AEW. It couldn't be the inmates running the asylum anymore. You have to have that figure of authority. You can't have it be the evil empire that I've, I've been a part of in the past, in, in independence and so on. It needs to be somebody that's strict, that's stern, that the fans know we're not going to put up with BS. And William Regal fit that mold. It was perfect. Um, the match, meh. We tried to see a code of honor here. It wasn't done. Or maybe it was. No. It was, and then I, I think uh, th they fought, which is what brought out um, William Regal. The next match was another car wreck. I, I, I joked with my brother last night. I said, some of this shit is just a car wreck. And this is what I'm talking about. Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, the TNT champion, and Sting against the Andrade Hardy family office cluster whatever wow <laughs> six man tag tornado tag guess what they failed to mention at the beginning of this match 
that it was no it was DQ. No, that it was no DQ. I look, I've only seen a couple of these because they're they're few and far between anymore. But it was my understanding that these were not no DQ matches. So we, uh, I'm watching, and one of them's got a garbage can. I said, this must be a freaking no DQ match. Here's the thing that Cornette is going to rip to shreds, and I'm going to rip to shreds. And I love this guy. He's, he was one of my favorites as a child. Sting decided to do a new jack dive through three tables. Well, if he's going to do something, I guess he can just – that'll be his one big spot. <laughs> Before going, before officially retiring for good, I guess. Or killing him, or, or killing himself in the process. Um, Darby Allen, Guevara, and Sting picked up the win. Great. Um, we anticipated that maybe Jeff Hardy would have shown up for this, but no. Um, that's what everybody wants. Nobody wants this family office Hardy bullshit because they don't know how to book Matt Hardy. Um, well, he's not, but, you're like this. Hardy's, if Hardy cannot sign with AEW just yet, in fact, there was chatter of WWE suing AEW over contract tampering. Uh, I don't believe his contract was tampered with. Here's, here's legitimately what happened, and this can also be referenced on one of Jim Cornette's podcasts because he had a firsthand knowledge of this. Um, through his sources and Conrad, uh, not Conrad Thompson, but the guy that he works with. And I think he does know of Conrad and Conrad works with Bruce Pritchard and a couple other of Cornette's friends. So they all share information. This is what was publicly stated and, and it's on the internet. You can find it. Jeff Hardy did not flunk the drug test. They fired Jeff Hardy. They fired Jeff before they had the results of his drug test. They offered to bring him back and put him in the hall of fame and he said no. He has been on the road taking bookings. Uh, matter of fact, the Hardys are going to be teaming up on uh, the East Coast. Yeah, they're going to, and I think they're from Winston Salem area, so they're going to be doing that. But they're teaming again. Okay, so Vince totally dropped the ball with that, and WWE as a whole. I don't know who was behind it, but. Jeff Hardy is coming to AEW. It's it's a known fact. He's already publicly stated it. We just don't know when. Hopefully for double or nothing. Hopefully they'll put the Hardys together. Hopefully it will be my wish that the Young Bucks won't put themselves over the Hardys like they did with uh, FTR and we'll never see a rematch. Your main event was Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole. Um. I'm sorry, this, this was a great match. It shouldn't have followed Punk versus MJF. You couldn't, you couldn't go anywhere after that. You just couldn't. Um, good match. We saw the Red Dragon interfere and all of that. Um, Paige picked up the win because everybody was in agreement that it was too early for Cole to have the AEW belt. However, you can't continue to book him like crap either. You got you to gotta start building the guy. So um, here's what I have predicted for Double or Nothing, which will be the next pay-per-view. Obviously, you're going to see the return of Kenny Omega. That's, it's it's going to happen. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Cody. Nobody knows what's going to happen with Cody. Nobody under 
I personally think that AEW could be trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes with this Cody thing. If he shows up at WrestleMania, we know he's not going back to AEW, but we don't know what's going to happen right now. There's even a chance that uh, Cody Rhodes could show up at Impact at this point. We just don't know what the hell is going to happen. Um, I think it's sad that he's gone from the company, but, you know, I don't. I had faith in AEW when Tony had or uh, Cody had some involvement. I don't know that if the Young Bucks and Omega are going to be spearheading the entire booking of this organization from here on out, that it's going to be any good. They've got some great talent. They've they've acquired Ring of Honor. They've done lots of great shit. But at the end of the day, they need to get rid of some of these people. They need to stop signing all of these people. And figure it out. Because here's what we're starting to see. Guys like Joey Janela, that were the start of this company, are no longer going to be a part of it because they're being outshined by guys the level of a CM Punk or a Daniel Bryan or Adam Cole, so on and so forth. So that doesn't leave a lot of room for these indie darlings that were signed to still be a part of the company. Now, granted, they still have dark. They still have dark elevation. That's great. That's a great way to get some independent talent. You know, basically, if you're doing it right, it's a way to get independent talent over as jobbers for your TV guy. Or if you have interest in the guy, see if you can put the guy over and if he wins in front of your crowd, good. Um, That's all that elevation and dark need to be. But you have so many guys under AEW contract, like a Luther. I don't get it. I don't get what the appeal is. I think that the Young Bucks and maybe even Cody and Omega to an extent, and some of these other people that Tony has signed have put bugs in his ear about certain talent that should have never been signed to begin with. Just saying. And not all of their contracts are being renewed. The one that surprises me, and I don't know if you heard this news, Brian Cage's contract has been renewed by AEW. Everybody thought that Vince was going to pick up Brian Cage. So, um, I, I just don't know what more to say. The wrestling business in 2022 is funny. Um, I know I said this here last year when we were talking about, you know, um, NWA and, and all of that. And, uh, when we still had Kane with us, we were doing discussions about the wrestling business in 2021. The wrestling business in 2022 is a lot different. If you even go back and look at 2022 compared to 2020, it's a lot different. I don't know what this means for the wrestling business from here. I know that AEW is going to stay in business. I know that Vince, they have enough money to stay in business, but their product is going to continue to to diminish. Well, yeah, because they're getting a lot of their money from Saudi Arabia. Now, here's the question with what's going on with our war and all of that. If we go to war, are they going to still be able to go to Saudi Arabia? That's a, that's a good question. I know they've got a good deal with them, but are they going to allow that? Will our government allow that? Will the Saudi Arabian government allow that? What's going to happen? Um, so that's pretty much going to do it for us in a nutshell here tonight. We've discussed a lot of topics. It's been great to be back with everyone here tonight. I want to thank our anonymous caller that shared that 
um, delightful insights, and that, that was sarcasm there, of Mojinger. I want to thank Crime Fighter for calling in and sharing all of the insight that he shared on those topics. We want to continue to wish our very own chaotic Katie um, the best wishes. She will be back with us soon, I promise. I will not let her walk away from this without trying it one more time. And um, in the meantime, we may be hiring another co-host, or we're always looking for somebody that's involved in the business. I don't want to mark um, anybody that's been listening to the sound of my voice since 2013 on this podcast knows that I won't employ a mark to come on and be a host. I need somebody that's insightful. I need somebody that knows what the hell they're talking about and can bring great insight to this program. I don't expect to ever be able to replace Steve Kane. It's, it's just impossible to do, but we're damn sure going to damn sure going to try to get a host in here that knows what they're talking about guy or girl that um, will definitely be um, doing things the right way. So I want to thank everybody for tonight. We will be right back here next Monday night, Rampage Rants, Monday Night Mayhem at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock Eastern. I want to thank everybody for joining us here tonight. We're going to do go ahead and do a cold close because I've got some other business I need to get to with the Let upcoming event that I'm. Go ahead. Let me plug my stuff. Um, yes, I mentioned earlier my episode of PWCI this week. It's going to be a news pro- podcast or ep- news episode, and it's up now finally, covering some other topics we touched on a little bit on this program too. Uh, PW.cc slash PWCI this week. Yes, I'm still on LiveJournal, even though the blogging site is owned by a Russian IT firm. I do not plan to move unless access to the site is cut off or if it drops off the Internet entirely. It's I'm just not going to move, but I'm not an idiot either. I downloaded everything off LiveJournal that I posted so I could post it somewhere else if as a contingency if that becomes necessary but I'm moving off live journal just because it's posted on Russian server I like I know everybody's boycotting Russia right now pulling their business from the country but as far as I'm concerned it would be nothing more than a virtue signal if I did it and I'm not a virtue right. signaler so I'm only going to move unless I'm if I'm forced to move but I'm right. still on. And we, we can feelrestling.lightjournal.com. Yes. And then you can find PWCI this week on YouTube. Just type in that search bar, search bar PWCI this week. Uh, you will find it. Or shining.cc slash PWCI. Yes. Um, again. Again, MWA, Battle of the Midwest, benefiting Chicago Adaptive Sports with former WWE superstar Aiden English, March 26th, Camelot Park Building, Arlington Heights, Illinois. We hope you will be there. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here tonight. I am Sadistic Sean David. We will see you next Monday for more of Rampage Rants Monday Night Mayhem. Good night, everybody. Good night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.